This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Today, we're talking about another best practice for the business on church business. I'm here as always with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, and our business administrator, CFO, and uh, just one of my very, very good friends and brothers, Scott Crawford. That's right. We brought Scott in to make sure people get to hear from the real expert on these issues. Scott, I know you've been a guest before, but why don't you reintroduce yourselves to our listeners? Yeah, so I am like some of the other guys on our team, uh, one of the few guys who has outpunted his coverage uh, <laughs> when it came to marrying up. So uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Sandy, and uh, we've got two boys. We've got an older son named Evan, and then we've got a fifth grader named Joshua, and they're uh, they're a handful. That's right. <laughs> they're great guys, and we're so glad that you're on our team, Scott. Last episode, we talked about knowing your church bylaws, and so as we proceed with our series, Pastor Jimmy... What is the best piece of advice that you often give other pastors? I know they don't like it, but I always say you better get a lawyer and uh, you got to know your bylaws and you got to have a lawyer. I don't care what size church you are. I don't care what kind of organization you're in. You know, last episode, we talked about being on top of the business side of churches. We all know how complicated that is. And so you got to know your constitution, your bylaws, and then you got to lawyer up. It's probably not what most people expect to hear in terms of good advice. But if you don't have subject matter experts from the outside to speak into what you're doing, you're going to get in trouble. And you might think that your church is too small because you're a a one staff member church or you're a a medium-sized church. It's not true. You are dealing with issues that can seriously either help or hinder the ministry of your church going forward. And there are legal implications everywhere. It's a minefield out there. And you better get good legal counsel from someone who knows your church, your staff, your bylaws, and that's going to help you do your ministry a lot better. Yeah. So what kinds of situations do you think we're talking about here? I know you guys deal with this on a daily basis, probably. So um, what kinds of things do we get into, Scott, where you feel like we need to have attorneys Sure, giving we, us advice. Sure, we use attorneys on a regular basis, and it and it's some things are just everyday activities of of operating a church, and so some of those are contracts and leases. So you know we have two campuses where we lease a facility, mm-hmm. and so one of those is from the local school board, and so we've got contracts that need to be reviewed. Uh, we have personnel decisions from time to time that have to. We need some outside counsel for somebody to weigh in on on decisions that we're making, uh, motions that we're voting on at business meetings. Uh, real estate transactions. Every now and then we come across what we would call a, a sticky counseling situation where we've got a something that just isn't in our in our wheelhouse and we look for outside support on that. And then with our corporate governance, actually how our church is structured and, and how we manage and operate according to our bylaws and our articles of, of incorporation. Well, Scott, why do we need a lawyer for these kind of activities? I know a lot of our listeners are listening. They're like, hey, look, I'm in a medium-sized church. I'm in a small church. I'm in a Baptist church. Look, we got business meetings. We got committees for all that stuff. Why do we need attorneys? 
Yeah, I, I think it's what you said when we first started. It, they're the subject matter experts. That's just not something that we do every day. And, you, you know, you look at regulations and ordinances that change all the time, and most of them are written in a way that the average person struggles to actually comprehend. Exactly. <laughs> I must be the exactly. average person. Yeah, 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 yeah you mean both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Affordable Care Act alone was a 2,700-page document when it was first brought to the floor for, for voting on. And so who who has time to read? We just That's just not what we do. And Written in legalese. So right, yeah, yeah, right, right. Not just a- so, so not only do they help you interpret them, but they also help you with the practical implementation of whatever plan you you come up with. And, and then, you know, honestly, they also provide a level of assurance for as a church leader, as a board, as mm-hmm. an elder. They kind of give you the the level of assurance that the proper amount of due diligence has actually been done uh, before you make a decision. Well, one of the things that a lot of people say to me, especially guys from smaller churches, they say, look, fine, your family church. You've got a big budget. You've got a big church. Of course, you got all your lawyers. <laughs> but what about a guy who just says, look, we don't have a very big budget. That's that's a huge expense. We just prefer to use a church member or we've got a an elder who's an attorney. What would you recommend in that case? You know what? It's really not as expensive as most people would think when you start looking into it. You know, a lot of churches like ours have a legal committee. They have people within their their own congregation who that's what they do for a living. And they can often provide some level of, of expertise and advice. But like what we do, we have an attorney who's on retainer. And so we found that for us, it's beneficial to have someone that we pay that is available to us. We get a certain number of hours a month uh, that we use them for. Some of them will just charge you an hourly rate and you just pay as you need them. And then some will do a flat rate uh, for a specific project. If you were going to rewrite your bylaws or you had a specific project you wanted to work on, they just charge you a flat rate. Well, I think that's important. One of the reasons I like using the attorneys inside our church to give us advice or to give us recommendations of what kind of legal help we actually need or what it should cost or that or who the particular person should be. But I really like the idea, if we can, of paying attorneys because then they work for us and they're incentivized to do it the right way. They're incentivized to do it in a timely manner. They're incentivized because it's how they make their living as part of their reputation in the community. And so if you can, I highly recommend you not just let somebody in your church do it pro bono unless it's just a very perfunctory task. If it's something really important to you, I, I suggest you you hire the best person that you that you can. But, you know, Leslie, I think a lot of churches just would say, I don't need a lawyer. I mean, you guys live in West Palm Beach, so you must live like in the most litigious society in the world, which they'd be correct. But like, what if I just live somewhere where this is not a big deal? We've never been sued before. Shouldn't I, can I just wait till I, I need a lawyer before I get one? Yeah, I think that that would be a, a question that a lot of people would ask, Scott. So how would you answer somebody that said, like you, you mentioned having some people on retainer, maybe we don't have money for that. You know, should we just, what else could we do? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I'm sure that that's probably the default for a lot of churches. You know, you would hire an attorney when you think you need one. And the reality is, is that if you wait, then it's a huge mistake because just like reading the Bible, you know, we we always tell people you got to read the Bible in context. Mm. Well, your legal advice is no different. If you want to receive the best advice possible, they've actually got to know who your church is, how it operates, what your core values are, what your key beliefs are, how your systems and organization works. That actually puts them in a position where they can actually give you the best possible advice. So we would encourage you to actually establish a relationship with an attorney and then let them know. Let them know when you have key church votes coming up, when you're looking at purchasing or selling land, when you're looking at changing your bylaws or implementing new policies. That way they're they're intimately involved with the daily workings of your church. 
We mentioned that we do have relationships with the attorneys that we actually keep on retainer. And Pastor Jimmy mentioned our legal committee, but maybe just touch on that a little bit, what how that works and who those people are. Sure. We say that we're committee advised. And so we have a legal committee made up of a group of men and women who are attorneys by profession. And so one of the things that they do for us is they they routinely meet, they'll review our bylaws every mm-hmm. year. And then if we have just kind of day-to-day questions, we want to bounce something off of somebody, they serve as a great resource for that. That's part of their stewardship and how they use those talents to serve our church. But, but Pastor Jimmy's right. If we actually have a transaction that we need to make, our legal committee doesn't actually get involved with that. So they're giving us day-to-day advice on on how to handle things. But then we refer to the professionals for the paid professionals when we actually need to, to make a transaction. Yeah. And at our church, Scott, like we have a lot of, again, I do think we live in a place that's more litigious than most. And so we actually, like when I came here as a pastor, I had never heard of a legal committee at a church before. And so I was like, the legal committee, what in the heck would you need a legal committee for? Well, since then, I found out that a church like ours, we have regular lawsuits or threats of lawsuits. You know, we have a hundred something employees because of our school and because of our church. So there's constantly different employment issues. There's what you'd call slip and falls. And so there are people almost like ambulance chasing lawyers that are out there always trying to, you know, if you are injured on a church parking lot, you you know, and some people have legitimately gotten injured, you know, coming down the steps or whatever. And we've got to deal with that. We've had situations where people's vehicles were damaged because some of our employees were doing some maintenance work. I mean, so there's just been a number of times and just in the course of doing business, we've had to, we've been in legal situations. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you you realize is that, you know, you can't plan for this. You know, you never expect anything to happen. You always hope for the best and you always assume that everything works operationally just the way that you want it to. And no one ever gets hurt. No one ever gets sick. No one ever falls down. But the reality is, is if you're a large organization, it doesn't matter. I mean, you've got you've got hundreds of people on your campus throughout the week in and out of the, your in and out of your facilities. And from time to time, things are going to happen. And so having that relationship ahead of time is just so, so critical. I think you and I have talked about this before. I think you have a really good kind of an analogy to an attorney. And you talked about how important it is for you to have a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, you know, most of us are involved in some kind of a healthcare plan, and and uh, when you sign up, usually they ask you who your primary care physician is. And so, if you think of an attorney that way, if if everyone had a primary care physician, that general attorney probably handles about eighty percent of what you would actually bring them. But then, if there's something that's outside of their area of expertise, or or maybe you need a little additional information or a little additional help, they can then refer you to a specialist. And so, for, like for our context, things like immigration. In South Florida, we right. have a, we have several employees who've come to work for us who are working on getting their green card status. And so we've actually engaged an immigration specialist to help us and navigate some of those challenges and, and some of that paperwork. And that's really kind of outside the scope of what our general attorney provides. Right. And then there's some other things. So, you know, we've had different employment issues where we've had to let people go or where whatever. And, so, or, and we want to make sure that we're operating ethically and legally. And so... We have a person who specializes in employment law that helps us from time to time. We've had some situations, you know, we're mandatory reporters if we suspect or are aware of any form of uh, child abuse. And so because we have all these kids in our school and in our church from time to time, we are in a position where we have to report and uh, we want to do that the right way. So we have a, an attorney who advises us, she specializes in those things. 
And so, you know, we, we have a lot of land transactions. We've done a lot of mergers and church revitalizations and land has to pass from one legal entity to another. And so we never do that without an attorney. And a lot of you guys who are listening to us because you want to get into mergers or you're doing second campuses or you're revitalizing churches. One thing I would tell you is that you better have an attorney helping you being aware of your bylaws, the church that you're merging with, their bylaws, so that the way you conduct votes and to conduct business with them is done the right way. Because we've had multiple situations where we were threatened with lawsuits from disgruntled people who weren't happy that our churches were merging together, and um, they threatened lawsuits. And so we had to make sure we did everything exactly the right way to to prevent that or to make sure that if we were challenged legally that the decisions that had been made would stand up. And so there's just all of these real life situations where, you know, that's why following your bylaws, being aware of your bylaws is vital. And then have an attorney make sure that you are within the law of the land, regulations, ordinances, best practices, and honestly, ethical Christian behavior. Because our goal is not to find gray areas and wrinkles that will enable us to slip slip slide through on someone. Our goal is to do things exactly the right way with transparency and accountability and integrity and having attorneys to me almost it's like a, it's like an audit on your transparency, integrity and accountability. Yeah, we're just keeping it real here. It just keeping reminds it real. me of how, you know, we are just human people doing the business on church business and nobody's perfect. And even when people are doing things with the right heart, the right motive, we even sometimes get ourselves in situations where we don't know what to do. And we have to reach out to somebody who is subject matter expert, like you said, Scott. So uh, a lot of our listeners are at smaller or medium-sized churches, might not feel like they have the resources to keep an at- attorney on retainer. Are there any resources that you can recommend to them um, that might help them when they have legal issues? Sure. There, there's a couple. Uh, first is a great website, churchlawandtax.com is a great website. They actually have a lot of work done there through CPAs and attorneys, uh, as well as the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Brotherhood mm-hmm. Mutual is mm-hmm. a large firm that uh, provides insurance and legal advice to a lot of churches. And then the Christian Legal Society, that's a, an organization that you can go to and look for attorneys who are who are faith-based, who practice in your area of the country. And those are some simple resources that people can can use to try to find some help in these areas. Yeah, I also think, Scott, you know, if, if somebody's listening to us and they say, well, I'm at ground zero, I would like to figure this out. Like, I don't even know who to call the first phone call to try to figure that out. You know, one, one thing is you have a lot of people in your church who run businesses and every one of them has legal work. They have attorneys that help them. And frankly, it doesn't, like you said, a GP doesn't have to be some whiz bang, you know, thousand dollar hour attorney. It can be somebody local who cares about you, has integrity, knows his business, has a good reputation, and then he can help you navigate some of this. That's right. And again, we would always say that, you know, our default would be that an attorney relationship is better proactive than reactive. Yes. I mean, there are going to be times where something happens and it needs to be reactive in nature. But we would always say that if you're contemplating a business decision, an employment decision, a land transaction, that you engage your attorney up front. We always think it's better for them to be on the front end rather than the the tail end of a, of a transaction. That's so. very good advice. Yeah. All right. So here's some things we've talked about, Leslie and Scott. We talked about knowing your bylaws. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Uh, step two, lawyer up. Make sure you have an attorney to give you advice when you need it. But next time on the podcast, we'll be talking about the importance of paying for a yearly external audit and nothing lights up the switchboards and gets people fired up about listening to church for the rest of us than talking about 
CPAs, accountants, and external audits. So you're not going to want to miss it. Do not miss it. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.